Hello and welcome to episode 26 of season 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm Don and I'm joined as always by my amigos Mars and PJ and our amiga Kylie. Say hello everyone. Hello. What's happening? Hello everyone. Good day. So as always we begin our show with a brief review of the game week that was, that is game week 30, before putting it firmly in our rear view mirror and moving on. Top amigo last week was, and this is actually an exact reverse order from last week, which um, means that Marzi is our top dog this week. Uh, Marzi 69 minus the 4, happy enough for that? Yeah, yeah, I can't complain. Um, the captain came delivered, uh, Lingard continues to annoy me because I didn't bring him in. And the rest was um, all right. Yeah, you know, Salah go. Yeah, happy, happy with it. I think um, I a lot of it was got away with it for me with with not having Alonso, uh, not not captain Rafinha because I think th- those guys could have really hold. So I was happy with the end result in the end. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Uh, Kay, you um, you finished on sixty one minus the four, so fifty seven points. Uh, happy enough for that one. Yeah, I finished on that despite my best efforts, actually, because wherever I intervened and made a decision, uh, it was quite uh, disastrous. Um, I didn't Captain Kane because, no, there wasn't really a logical reason. I just decided to bring in Bruno and captain him, even though I really hate that move, but I was trying to be different in mini leagues. Um, And I brought in Alonso and benched Diaz, which was also ineffective. but. Watkins scored a goal while I owned him and actually came off the bench in the most implausible scenario ever this season. So that worked out really well. And critically, I beat PJ in the Shisha and Chill head-to-head, which means despite being absolute crap at this season, I'm in first place. So, you know, that's good. You're doing great in that one. Um, the PJ, you're next up tonight on 52 points um, without any hit. So pretty same, same same points as myself, but I'm putting you slightly ahead of me because I was 56 minus the four. I'm criticizing myself for my hit. <laughs> yeah, um, just a, a tale of, uh, you know, a little bit what might have been. Rafina, Kane, obviously uncaptained, Watkins, as Kylie mentioned, and Salah, but the rest just, Odious piles of fecal matter. Areola one, Creswell one, Son one, Trossard wasn't to be again. Dallas and Bamford let down. Alonso three, which was somehow more than the entire rest of the Chelsea backline combined. But um, yeah, um, uh, promised much. I think I was on about 46, 47 with four left to play, and then they all got like one point after that. So yeah, pretty pretty average. But you know, I'm used to it, Don. Yeah. I had um, a nice Foden, Havertz, and who was my other one-pointer? Oh, yeah, Son. Um, one-pointers. Late changes from Kane to Rafinha, which I don't really regret even that in hindsight as much as it didn't work out um, on the captaincy, which obviously cost me seven points, I think. And then I also benched um, Watkins for Foden because I thought that one there, I thought Man City would would beat Leicester, but unfortunately Foden only got his gammy little couple of minutes run out, which literally was to run the ball into the corner. I think that's that was his only job when he came on. So yeah, um, 52 net, not not the greatest. My first kind of red arrow in a while. 
So, um, but on we go to the next game week. Uh, PJ, some managers who are doing a lot better than us um, are at the top of our Three Amigos Classic League. Do you want to read us out our top five? Indeed. In the case of uh, the usual suspects here, after a few few uh, newbies kind of crashed the party for a few weeks, but we're back to a, a more familiar looking big five, if you could call it that. So we've got Slumdog Mingley, Jonathan Strack in fifth. Up to fourth, Sky Player and FBL, Paul. Up to third, the sidings, Christopher Chauvin. Number two, Greenwood Studios, Natish Ray and our effervescent leader, Deraja Reddy with Martial Law. Great Lovely. to see Jonathan back in the top five. Yep, fair play, Jonathan. And um, I do love the way you say that top that top manager and that top name. Chauvin. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to point out once again um, after he uh, he he I think he I think he did contact the pod when uh, Nick Greenwood uh, slipped down to sixth with his uh, team name three five two once again not playing three five two so you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah true but uh, Mersey um, do you want to complain about that as well or do you have another complaint to add to um, to your Mersey rant of the week. Yeah, no, apparently points is the worst metric to use for FBL. I mean, listen, I know I'm not a stats man, but also I'm not dumb. Um, and telling me points don't matter is like, I don't know, telling Kylie drinking non-alcoholic wine is fine. Alcohol doesn't matter. Like, I mean, what is this stupidity? Honestly, what is this stupidity? Apparently, uh, oh yeah, and did you hear the latest one? Lingard is still unsustained. Um, who cares? People who have Lingard are sitting there laughing. He hit double figures twice in a row. He scored one point less than Bruno since he joined West Ham. That's Bruno, twice his price. So I don't really care if the underlying stats don't add up. This is football, and that's what's going to happen. It's football. You can never predict it 100%. Otherwise, all the mathematicians and stat geeks will be winning it. And us lot who don't care about stats will be in the millions. Actually, it's the other way around. Marza. Well, sometimes it is. Um, (laughs) But I should point out that, you know, some of us are actually in the millions anyway. Just just putting that out there. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not not because you're relying on stats or on the ITIS. It's just, you know, shit happens sometimes. Right, yeah. Nice one. Um, And now we'll move on with our big topic of the week, our T3A topic of the week. So, um... This week, we're talking teams to target and avoid. We did touch on this a little bit on last week's pod, but now we're very much into these final game weeks, and there is a little bit of a fixture turn. A lot of people who are had the wildcard chip have been targeted this week um, to hit it and to um, and to really kind of maximise their points in these last weeks. PJ, you're one of those. You're on wildcard. So I think you can provide kind of an ideal bouncing off point for this conversation. Um, give us your kind of the first names on your wildcard team sheet. I don't expect you to give it all away because you do want to keep some competitive advantage uh, going forward. But um, who are the first names that have been on your team sheet as you've made it up? <laughs> Sorry. Do I? I mean, it's like PSA mm-hmm. to tell people who he owns. <laughs> that, made me, that made me laugh. I am yeah. announcement. I mean, I've had to, I've had to, I've had to force myself into a head-to-head battle with a prominent member of the FBL community. Just you are no, you're a bit of a shrinking violet. I know you don't really like talking about your team too much. Uh, worth to my season. <laughs> 
But anyway, on with my my wild card, which I'm sure will will frame some of these discussion points. So I think what I wanted to touch upon here, and then we'll pick apart the particular teams, is that um, I'm pretty set on my on my keepers for my wild card. I, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, um, Forster at four million is a non-brainer, uh, and then I think it's one of Loris or Mendy. The defenders, even though I haven't maybe looked at the individuals yet, I want Chelsea cover, I want Liverpool cover, I want Arsenal cover, I probably want Man United cover and I'll probably get a cheapy in there as well for a bit of balance. Up front, Kane in a nacho, who else is there? But in midfield, which is the real problem, and it very much is a case of playing 3-5-2 I think between now and the end of the season, the names that jump out on me on the wildcard include Bruno, Rashford, Salah, Son, Rafinha, Lingard, Neto, Madison, Jota, Mount, Trossard, plus every single Manchester City midfielder. It is an absolute minefielder. He's got he's got a great fixture next. He's playing Everton. They can't keep a clean sheet in a laundrette. No. Do you, do you not want me to get Trossard, Kylie? Is that what you're asking? No, actually, I need to beat someone to do. <laughs> what am I thinking so, here? So I'm hoping you guys can help, you know, narrow down this list for me because there are just so many good options in midfield. Uh, and you can only pick pick five. I think anyone who's playing a wild card right now and is is not got five midfielders is, is that, that 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 third striker looks to be either a Vidra like figure or even a you know a, a dirt 4.2 kind of Davis kind of like figure because there's just so many midfielders around that kind of six to kind of seven million bracket who 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 are delivering and we've not even mentioned like the Zaha Grealish kind of coming back who will both have double fixtures later on in the season the Southampton boys as well Armstrong there's there's so much there so um, there's a chance of real differentials, which is something I'm excited by. So what I, I definitely want to be looking to identify players which others won't, um, which is why I'm probably looking more interested in the likes of the Mounts, the likes of the Trossards, the likes of the Madisons, which I know are going to be poorly owned generally and not owned at all in my mini leagues. Yeah, the the one thing actually I was thinking this week, I was looking at even my own transfers for the week, and I was going, I I think it's actually kind of a hard week to be picking a wildcard team because there is so many choices. I kind of be a bit nervous of making changes and finding that, you know, I've made the wrong ones and then have to change two or three. You know the way you like to kind of have some very definite um, players that you want to target, whereas I, I think I'd find it's, I'd struggle to create a wildcard draft this team this week. But um, as you said, there is so many, there's so many options in in midfield and even up front. I mean, I've Kane, Cavert Lewin, and Watkins, and while Cavert Lewin and Watkins aren't exactly pulling up trees, I don't particularly want to kind of get rid of them if they're going to have a double game week coming up shortly. And Kane definitely isn't going to move them for me. But it's it's an interesting discussion. And what we kind of want to do tonight, I think, um, as you mentioned there, PJ, is kind of look at the teams that look like they've got great fixtures for the for the coming game weeks and kind of our teams to target. And then we're going to also touch on some teams that maybe we look to avoid, um, either due to their fixture list or perhaps even... Um, poor form. Marzi, come to you first on Chelsea. Um, can you talk us through basically who you like from Chelsea at the moment? Um, Havertz is a player that kind of attracted a lot of attention. Mount, um, PJ mentioned earlier on there, and of course um, the defensive options. But um, who do you really like from Chelsea? Yeah, and talking about the defence, obviously I still think there's huge value in there. Now there's a big debate. Alonso has to be 
uh, Rudy. It really depends on your on your on the structure of your team and the money. If you have the money, and uh, you're chasing Alonso, is definitely one. I think he was really unlucky. Asby still, you know, uh, in in every game, and Rudy is still huge value. Now the thing is, uh, to be honest, outside of these guys. Um, I think if you you know Mount is definitely a, a good shout. I think he's a good differential and a cheap price. The rest don't impress me much. Um, too many changes. Uh, Werner is he going to hit it? Is he not? God knows. Will he play in all the games? I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. I think there's much better strikers and I think there's much better midfielders. Mount is definitely worth it. So I would focus with Chelsea on the defense and the keeper. You could even double up with a def- with a defender and a keeper. Apart from that, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. There's just too much changes. Too many changes. Yeah, we're we're all trying to read it. It's going to be mini Man City trying to read the team sheet for tonight, and uh, Alonso getting benched, and we're debating whether or not it's uh, whether he was whether he's dropped or whether he's rested, and we're, nobody can be sure. Um, Kylie, choosing rested, choosing rested, optimistic. Yeah, yeah, optimism. We'll always be optimistic. Um, Lester, okay. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Great fixtures for the next few. Um, but are there any of those that are kind of catching your eye? Yeah, there are. So their fixtures, their next five are West Ham, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. Obviously, West Ham being the next one and the more, more difficult, seemingly, of the of the five, because that's obviously a really important match for uh, top four. So um, it should be a good one. Uh, and in general, I completely understand why people would be looking at Leicester. And in, indeed, even though I'm not on a wild card, I am as well. My primary interest is in attack. Um, and that's partly because even though their defence has been statistically decent, not the best, but sort of in the top five for most metrics, there are a lot of uh, PJ sort of alluded to it in the in the previous section. There's actually quite a lot of compelling defensive options, um, and I just don't think that I'd want to forego Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, all of these guys in in favour of them. But if I did, I'd probably go for Fana just for what it's worth. Um, I do think attack is where it at where it's at, and I would also agree with PJ here in that I like Leicester up front. Um, specifically Ian Archo, um, but I wouldn't, even though I, he's definitely the form pick at the moment, I wouldn't totally exclude Vardy for those people who want to spend the money. He's not really in anywhere near the same form. I think he's got three assists in the last four games, um, and his shots on target, shots in general, are, are nothing like uh, Ian Archo's. I think he's had seven attempts uh, and two shots on target maybe. Um, so it, it's not that impressive. But, you know, good fixtures can breed good form. If you happen to be in a position where you have a lot of money and you want to go for someone like him and he's not highly owned in your mini leagues, depending on what you're going for, he could be a decent option. I think the issue with him is that you are making a sacrifice at that price at 10.1. You're you're definitely saying no to another premium elsewhere and given that premium defence is looking really attractive and with all these midfielders, that could be hard. Ian Archer looks an easy pick for me. I have Watkins, who is a curse uh, upon my house, and I can't wait to get rid of him. But, you know, there are all, there's also the likes of Bamford and several other kind of cheap forward options who are relatively uninspiring at the moment. Um, he's 5.8. He's five goals in his last four. 62% goal involvement in that period 
11 attempts, six on target. And he's also creating chances. So he's created six chances, two big chances in that period. So he's really massively involved and um, very clinical. So I think the issue with Ian Archer historically has always been his minutes. That's currently not the issue. Um, and, we, you know, with Barnes' injury and who knows sort of when he'll be like back fully integrated and everything. I believe there was some mention of him make, kind of maybe coming back later in the season. Um, but I think Ian Archer is pretty safe for now. He's their form player and I don't think you can go wrong at that price. So I would, I would definitely be picking him. And the other option, of course, with Ian Archer historically has been, um, as well as minutes, has been actually scoring goals as well. So um, there, there is that to consider. But um, and I, the other point I wanted to make to you, Kay, is before you actually give stats in future, if you wouldn't mind, just give the hashtag research beforehand. That would be much appreciated. Um, PJ, the next team we want to talk about, and I want to see um, how much of this hype that you believe in, is a lot of people are talking about Arsenal because of their fixture run. Are any of the Arsenal players attracting you in the slightest bit? Um, not really. The only one that kind of stands out to me is holding for the simple fact that he's 4.2. Uh, and obviously, David Luiz is, is likely out for the rest of the season. Um, and, and he plays in that spot. And so I think he's pretty much kind of a lock on my wildcard team. But the rest, it's just Arsenal so inconsistent. There's not really any correlation between good or bad fixtures with them. And I'd crucially more important than any of that they they have nothing to play for whatsoever in the league and they have everything to play for now in the um euro disney cup so you know quarterfinal obviously kind of tomorrow um it, it, unless they get kind of battered tomorrow uh i i don't think i'll be very interested in, in arsenal's assets if you must it's a shame because they've got plenty of on paper uh odegaard and saka in the middle two very well-priced attacking assets um, and obviously Aubameyang and Lacazette, if you want to kind of splash the cash and go for the goals up front. So they've got some good assets that with the right fixtures could definitely explode. But for me, what, they're 11th, 12th in the league, got no chance of European place. Uh, and obviously they've got the opportunity to get straight back in the Champions League if they win the Europa. So I, I you know, they don't interest me at all, really. really. They don't impress you much. No. So um, moving moving from those to the top London team in the Premier League this season, West Ham United. Um, do any of those um, attract you anymore, PJ? Well, certainly not their defence. They're giving up um, more shots than almost anyone at the moment. They've conceded five goals in the second half of the last two matches. Uh, they're obviously flying out their blocks. Um, uh, no more than Jesse Lingard, who seems to be only only need to play for the first 15 minutes of football matches and then kind of reverts to the Jesse Lingard we knew and love at Manchester United for the rest of it but and it's an interesting one the Lingard debate because I do I completely agree with Mars his point about points being the biggest metric but he is his his points are are you know they're not fraudulent and then they're not really you know kind of anomalous but they are they are ridiculous. He is not playing out of his skin. He is. He is. He is right. He's. He's exactly the same frustrating player that we always had at Man United. Not dissimilar to someone like Nanny. Uh, and loads of clubs have these type of players who kind of flash in the pans. You know, wingers almost invariably. Um, what's happening at the moment is that 
those kind of two or three minutes of football matches where Lingard flashes to life and suddenly looks like the best player on the planet are, are resulting in wonder goals. And he has gone through these phases again. Whether it will last between now and the end of the season, I, I don't know. I wouldn't really put anyone off buying him. But um, I think Lingard is someone who, yeah, if, if you know, if, if, if you want to jump in, he's on form, his tail is up. But I, I, I think his, his points are, are... How do you think the Antonio really injury... He's actually playing. I, I think it's a bit of How a do you think the Antonio injury will affect... Will affect I him? think the Antonio injury is problematic. I don't think it will affect Lingard that much because he's not really been bouncing off Antonio and he comes from deep. So I think if you're going to get a uh, West Ham attacker, Lingard is, is, is the one to get. Um, I think they'll probably play with a false nine and push kind of Bowen, maybe Ben Rama kind of up there. Might even play Lingard kind of off the, off the front. Um, I don't think they don't even have another striker in the squad, do they? It's um, It was a bit bizarre that they didn't buy one uh, in January and they obviously let Halal go. Um, so Lingard, yeah, if you, want, if you want the West Ham attack, go for it. I, I don't really like their fixtures either. Leicester, Chelsea, Burnley, Everton. I mean, they're okay. They're they're obviously in a good good reign of form. But um, yeah, you know, Creswell. I mean, I'm mostly I'm just annoyed because I've I've ruined Creswell. Let's let's not beat around with. I mean, you know, the guy has been absolutely magnificent all season. You know, putting assists on a plate, left, right, and centre, keeping. It's not just you, PJ. And the second I buy him, and this is he's just Creswell is exactly one of those players who, similar to kind of Dominic Calvert-Lewin or someone, whenever I buy, they just form, just drops off the face of the cliff. And it's just so frustrating. And I won't be keeping him on my wild card, and I guarantee he'll he'll get a return um, in the next match. Because um, it's just, he'll probably keep a clean sheet against my double Leicester attack, you know. Just just move. I've got angry. Okay, do you not realise, I, I brought Creswell in too, too. Um, well, and I want to welcome back listeners who fast forwarded through that jinx <laughs> section of the show. Um, the Wolves, Kylie. I want to move on to Wolves. What are your thoughts on on those? Um, is are any of them? I mean, Neto looks good when I watch him, but by God, their defence is atrocious. Yeah. Okay. Their their fixtures are actually fantastic. They're really good. The Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, and Brighton. Okay. So they're the kind of fixtures that you absolutely want any of your uh, players to have. The problem with Wolves, as you alluded to there, is that their defence has just been pretty crap consistently this season even when they had you know obviously they've had sort of middling fixtures for a while but even when they've had good fixtures they've never just they've just never really lived up to expectation maybe our expectations after the previous two seasons have been too high um their defensive options are also not cheap right for people who are not keeping clean sheets and not really getting the attacking returns that we want them to get um, so I just – they're pretty consistently, like, towards the bottom for all defensive metrics. So I would be not going near them personally. I think from an attack perspective, it's also kind of challenging. Neto is the one that stands out amongst those pits. Certainly he's been the one that's sort of stepped up this season. But even he is not a hugely compelling option to me in light of the fact that, as we've already said, there are just so many great midfield picks at every price point that you could want that I think, you know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, Neto's a great shout, but when push comes to shove, do you really 
look at your team or, or who you can have there and go, yeah, I'm going to pick Neto over That's any one of point. these other things. That's what yeah. it comes down to. With so much choice there, if he was if he was a forward, then potentially yeah. you might be looking yeah. at him as an as a rival to Ianacho or someone like that. But in midfield, it is such a crowded um, choice pool that we have to pick from, and he can only have, as PJ mentioned, five. <laughs> unfortunately, um, Marzi, move on to our beloved Liverpool. Um, little yeah, bit of a difficult of one. Options. Yeah, mm-hmm. talking of midfield options, two of them probably come from Liverpool. Look, uh, this time next week we'll probably be out of the Champions League. Let's be honest, probably pushed our luck so much in the Champions League. I can't see us, can't see Madrid not scoring. Stop it. Well, uh, realistically, not, no, no crowd, etc. The, the paces drop, the injuries, everything. But you know, look, Madrid were out of, out of, uh, uh, you know, the, the first half they were ridiculous, as as bad as we were. But anyway. Um, I think FBL-wise, wildcard or not, um, Liverpool are a team to target because they will go all out. And Klopp has said it. We have to go all out for the for, and we have nothing to lose. Go for, go for fourth. If you finish seventh, I don't really care if we lose every game. But go for it now. And you can see that against Arsenal. Um, so for me, uh, Salah and Jota are definitely options. Can Salah can Jota cover Salah? Can Salah cover Jota? I don't know. Make your own make your own opinion about that. I would go for both of them. I think the double up would be uh, the compound differential that we keep talking about. Um, I don't see all the buzz about Liverpool defence. Don't, don't get me wrong. Trent I think has a point to prove, and I think he'll be also pivotal. If you have the money, if you want a differential defender, go for him. Um, I can see why people are picking that Phillips because he's four million and you shove him on the bench, but if he, if you really want to block that third option uh, of a team that could be flying at the end of the season potentially, I I, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, and I uh, yesterday was a stark reminder of how bad our defence is when playing against good good players. You know, yes, we've kept some clean sheets, but at the end of the day, we do have Nat Phillips who was playing second league in Germany not so long ago, and Ozan Kabak whose team is going to the second division in, in Germany. Right? We, it's not Van Dijk and Gomez. So as as well as these guys have done. We still don't have. I don't think we have the the best defense, and I think we will let chances in. So for me, it will be in the attack, and definitely Salah and Jota will be the two options that I would look at. And Trent, because of his potential, I think Rob was done. I think he. I think he's a rest more, more than anyone else, and I think Trent is the one to go to out of the two. Sorry, I just want to jump in on Liverpool because what I, I think um, uh, I did some hashtag research on Liverpool because I'm interested in potentially kind of doubling up on on Trent and and, and Phillips, uh, and they 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 have been so unlucky. Much as I don't want to give you Liverpool fans any kind of reason to, but but if you if you look at the stats, if you take Man City out of the equation, obviously they've been far and away the best defensive team. Liverpool is still ahead of everybody else by such a margin on defensive metrics. They've conceded less shots than anyone else. They've conceded less chances centrally uh, and right than anyone else. They've conceded less chances centrally than even Manchester City. They've conceded less crosses than anyone else. Their defensive metrics stack up. They should have the second best defence in the league. The reason they don't is because they have, other than Leeds, they have not only committed the most actual defensive errors, as in like those real Mm. big, TAA howlers last night being a classic example. But not only that, they have been punished 75% of the time for every single one of those errors in a goal. So they have they've conceded 15 big errors this season. Well, 50% were against City. 
yeah. when Alisson decided and like, to the, and like 12 the of them have conceded a goal Man United have conceded more big errors than Liverpool and, and yet they've only uh, only given up three or four goals from that um, and that's the difference between I think a, a, a lucky season and an unlucky season so so it, it's difficult with Liverpool because what happens is that you watch them, you say you watch them in the Arsenal match and it looks like a game that they could have defended for 25 hours and not conceded. And they have looked like that in the majority of games, but then they've created these kind of, you know, howlers from nowhere. Yeah, they're not going to play Real Madrid every week, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, and they've and they've just invariably been punished for it kind of time and time again. They've not got away with it. So. I, I think the Liverpool defence could, you know, it's, it, you could argue it both ways. Um, it's confidence they are making more more errors. Yes, they are leading to more goals. But actually, in terms of giving up chances, you know, giving up shots, they're, other than City, they're still the best team in the league by a mile. Um, because because fundamentally, they control the ball better than any other team. So um, I, I think I, I'm interested in in a Liverpool defender on um on my wild card, and I think look at the fixtures because let's be fair, you're not going to be beating Real Madrid with no crowd three 0 at home. Are you? You'll be out of the Champions League, and you need to finish top four, so you've got to go for it. It could actually potentially, as as you guys mentioned, Liverpool are probably among the premium teams um, themselves, and probably Man United and Chelsea. But Chelsea, the the rotation is so so hard to predict. But Liverpool do offer kind of one of the real premium teams who will be going 100 miles an hour for towards the end of the season. So, yeah, the triple up is definitely on. We've had RUL Nevada was actually asking a question on on um, Reddit in response to our, um, our request for listener questions. And he was asking about any three Liverpool players we're all going for. One thing that does, I think, back up, PJ, your kind of your point to do with bringing in um, Phillips as the third player is... If you don't believe, if you if you're not planning on spend splashing the cash on the likes of Trent or Robbo, then he's and you just kind of want to get a value option that you potentially be able to start in kind of good fixtures, then he is pretty much nailed. And at four million, you can't really complain. The argument would be because you're not really going to get probably three Liverpool attackers for the rest of the season. So if you're going to commit to just not having Trent or Robbo for the remainder then it's not a bad thing to just use that third spot on getting um, on getting in Phillips and just kind of either leave him on the bench or potentially use him at some point. Um, the other question was actually another Reddit question here while I'm on it is Nuke Co was asking about Pedro Neto, um, but we did kind of cover that one off um, in terms of Wolves. Um, he's sitting on the fence uh, regarding bringing him in on wildcard, not sure what to do. We kind of cover that one off. Um, but, folks, what we want to move on to in a minute is we want to talk about the teams to avoid on wildcard and kind of going forward. There is a few teams that people are kind of avoiding. Among them, of course, Man City um, is one. Um, Marzi, I'm going to come to you first on it. The... Man City, of course, we all know, of course, what they can do. Um, but the idea is actually trying to predict which players week by week are going to play and which players week by week are going to return the points. Um, what's your thoughts on City for these <coughs> remaining fixtures? Really tough one. Um, I think um, it, it, the, the, even with Foden's winner, the fact that Dortmund scored a goal, was, Pep, Pep wants the Champions League. There's no doubt about it. The league is already done. They can play, they can play their kids and they, they'll walk it. 
Um, so for me, I think he will. I, I, I do think, and he said it already, by the way, he said he's going to rotate, and I think he will rotate. I wouldn't be surprised if 11 of the players, well, Diaz, Diaz and Edison won't, but the rest probably would. would. But it also wouldn't surprise me if KDB plays till the end of the season because he just looks fantastic every time he plays. Um, so for me, I think, look, um, on wild card, what a, what a chance to be to be to be different, right? Just go avoid City. You don't know they have a blank, and we don't know what's happening until they get knocked out of the Champions League. So you've got few chances to be different to somebody else because that's one of the ideas of the wild card, especially if you're chasing. Everybody, everybody, every non wild card has at least two City, if not three. So that's that's a huge advantage to you because you you don't know who's going to play. Um, now there's there's a debate about uh, uh, I'm going to jump to the strikers Aguero will he play won't he did he start oh Newcastle in 36 end of the season look Aguero is not the same guy that he was before he might play he might not it's a lot of money as we just talked if you can put that much money into it you you you're taking a premium out so what are you going to take Kena or are you going to take one of Bruno Salah or um, KDB if you had him for example so you need to think about that Jesus is not playing the Champions League. He could he, he could be an option, but I, I don't know. And then if you go into the midfield, I mean, God, it, it was a minefield before. And now with them focusing on the Champions League, I can't tell you who will start in what game. Um, I do think if you have... So, for, for those on uh, not on wildcard, if you have Gondo, you can, he, he's benchable because he's not that expensive and you have other options. Um, would, would I go now and buy KDB? I don't think so, just because I'm not sure if he's going to play. And then, you know, like I said, the blanket... Uh, in, in 33, maybe after I will I will consider it. But yeah, to be honest, uh, Sterling didn't play. Will he play at the weekend? Again, if you're not on a wild card, can you take this? The, it, you know, are you going to take a hit to bring a player that you're not sure about? Now, if I'm on a wild card and I'm bringing a player just for one game and then I'm moving him to Son, for example, yeah, makes sense. Take take that risk. Maybe maybe Sterling will play. Captain him. Sure, it's Leeds. They're going to attack and City are going to score for fun. Um, so I think apart from Edison and Diaz, I can't say anybody else is, is certain. Mm. Um, Kylie, moving on to another team that a lot of us do own, but um, it, it is Spurs. Of course, a lot of us have Kane and Son double up. Um, but if you were on wildcard, just as a hypothetical, because I think this is one of these interesting things with people who are on a wildcard in 31, is would you have both of them in your team based on the way Spurs look at the moment with their double coming up? Or would you just be kind of happy to just rely on Kane and go different um, as an alternative to Son? No, I think I would want Son for for 32, to be honest. Um, like I think if they didn't have a double, then and and given the fact that you know Son had this injury, he's missed out a bit. You know, he only came back on. I think a lot of us would have been tempted to to swerve him then. But given that they're the ones that have a double. Um, and I don't feel confident about Bale or anyone else, like I would be happy to have him. 32 is just around the corner. So I think for me, I would do that. Um, But I would probably have an escape route planned because, again, there are lots of other options. And truth be told, I'd want to see him look convincing in 31, right? Um, You know, we do have that that match before, before we get to that point. So... For me, I would. I would be saying Kane and Son, they're kind of the two most concerning for that game week. So let's do that um, and then maybe get rid of him after if he doesn't pick up any form. Yeah, have a have an escape route, as you said, yeah. to yeah. someone else. Yeah. Um, PJ, 
come to you on Villa. You've mentioned your love of Watkins previously, but a lot of us do own Martinez in goal and um, and potentially maybe are looking to bring in Grealish. But what's your thoughts on Villa for wild carders alike and other people alike? I think I think they're probably in a void on wild card because I think you've got to use those spots on Tottenham assets for the kind of double next week and for teams with with much better fixtures, um, obviously such as as kind of Leicester, Liverpool, um, as we've as, as we've kind of mentioned. Uh, if you have, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people have, um, kind of Martinez and and Watkins, uh, and most may well have, um, you know, a kind of defender as well. I would I would probably just bench them. Martinez will get save points for fun anyway. We know he's got a double. He doesn't have a blank. I wouldn't be using a transfer to get rid of him. Um, I would I would and Watkins. It's a difficult one. Liverpool, yeah, you know, you could bench him against Liverpool, you could bench him against City, or do you feel confident kind of playing him in those games? The fixture turn after that, we've got West Brom uh, and Everton, who are both two teams who are obviously conceding a lot of goals. And then obviously got they've got that elusive double, which I feel like we've been promised from game week two in the season. It still hasn't actually happened. But um yeah, so yeah, Villa for me I think it's a case of kind of don't sell, don't buy really. Yeah, the, that Villa double that does seem like one of those ones. It's like a, a promise that your parents give to their kids going, if you're good, we'll we'll go to Disney World. And you're going, when, when, ma'am, when? <laughs> but uh, the other team, of course, that are involved in that double is Everton. Marzi, um, what's your thoughts on the Toffees um, in terms of defence and attack? Any of those another team, catching your eye? Another, te- another team going for top four, but also another team that's flattering to the Chiefs sometimes, especially at home. I don't know what it is that... It's Merseyside, right? Both teams are struggling at home. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I would say don't buy, don't sell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say don't sell because I think, you know, there's, there's quite a few good options for Dominic Calvert-Lewin if you want, if you want to get rid and, and bring somebody else. But with, with this double in, in mind, I think um, it's a transfer that you can keep for now until we get, we get more news and hopefully we should hear about it more. But I wouldn't go anywhere near their defence. And to be honest, their midfielders again. Rodriguez is good, but there's so many better options. So for me, it's DCL or maybe Richarlison if you already have him, but I would go buying. Mm, good stuff. And um, our last of our kind of teams that we're looking possibly to avoid, PJ, Leeds. How many of those are surviving your wildcard purge? Just Rafinha. It's, uh, it's with a sad and heavy heart I removed Dallas from my team, who's been a season keeper from week one. But I, I can't justify keeping him in Um for Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Brighton and Tottenham. I mean, they concede against anyone, let alone those five teams. Uh, Bamford, now I'm going to move on because I think Inanacho just has much better fixtures. But I, I'm keeping Rafinha. I, th- I still think Leeds are largely fixture-proof from an attacking point of view. Uh, they scored against all these teams in the reverse fixtures. And he's just a player in fantastic form. Um, he's on all set pieces. If if Leeds score, you know, Rafinha is likely to be involved. So he stays. I think the decision for me is he's definitely staying in my wild card. But do I do I play him against City or do I or do I bench him? And I think that would be a decision up and down the community. Um, which, you know, you know, I don't really know the answer because I'm deliberating it on myself. But I would certainly not be moving him on like Crate Digger has for. Uh, um, I don't know, Ollie Barkley or someone. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's a little yeah. decision for me. But yeah. 
Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a very hard man to sell, all right. Um, folks, I think that's us wrapped up in our roundtable for tonight. So, uh, Marzi, I'll hand it over to you now to hear yeah, our we're gonna questions. Yeah, we're going to fly through the questions, so nice and quick. FBL Dave at Club Grapes. Is scale a vegetable from hell? Is three Liverpool essential? Let's, let's address the important stuff. Kale is not a vegetable from hell. It's healthy. No, it's have kale, have, have kale crisps. They are lovely. Uh, but yeah, Where's maybe too much kale. lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Right, it's a great uh, edge. <laughs> is, is three Liverpool essential? I think we talked enough about Liverpool. And yes, I do believe they are uh, three are, I wouldn't say essential, but good good differential. Uh, Adash Srivastava at the normal 196. Is Hindu Monkey getting Lingard next? If yes, then I'll stay clear. Hindu Monkey, yes or no? Are you bringing Lingard? No. No, so you can keep him. Uh, right, Elf at Elf FPL. What are your opinions on on Hindu Monkey in, in, instigating a fifty pound challenge with the only person in FPL community he knows he can be? I said that we don't endorse bullying on the three amigos, and then we will address this internally. <laughs> um, FPL rock. I also would call it standard. Yeah, agree. Uh, FPL uh, underscore Rockstar. With only two clean sheets this weekend, is it time to move on to move more funds to the mid attack? Oh, and don't talk about wildcard all episodes. I agree with him. We did not Rockstar deliberately not talk about wildcard all episode. And guys, would you would you uh, do you think more goals are being conceded? Players are tired. Should we focus on mids and attacks? I think there's some exciting defensive options. Like I quite like the def- the pre- sort of semi premium defensive options. Um, so. No, I think it's spread it. I, I, um, I, I agree with Kylie. I also think that those teams with somebody to play for, and we're quite lucky this season that there are premium teams, Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea, Manchester United, Leicester, uh, Tottenham, with, with things to play for because it's quite uh, hotly contested from third down to seventh. Um, you know, West Ham and the other team in there. Uh, you know, all those teams will want to keep clean sheets. So, yeah, I, I you know, don't take your eyes, Rocky. Not that, I, not that Rocky needs my advice. He's having a far better. <laughs> I also think there's, there's the premium defenders, sorry, defenders at the premium clubs for cheap. You know, Rudiger, uh, Phillips, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Shaw, Shaw's only 5, 5.2. So it's, it's not that expensive. So you can get those players. Stones is still cheap. You can still get those players. Um, it's yeah. just whether they play or not, or whether to, you know the clean sheets, etc. Uh, Jonathan Strack at J Strack One, with only a wild card left, when is the optimal time to use it? Should we wait till after the game week thirty-two and um, and hearing reports of possibly a blank ga- in a blank game week in thirty-six? I have not heard that. Is that correct? I don't know to be honest about a blank game week. But uh, PJ, obviously you thought this is the optimal time. But if you weren't using uh, it now, when would when would the next time be? Yeah. Uh, I- that's not correct. I think that's uh, someone's um, uh, just kind of kind of slightly kind of misunderstood that there, there is this issue that the the game week thirty six might be moving back by a week. It doesn't mean there'll be a blank game week thirty six and game week thirty seven will suddenly have twenty fixtures in it. What it will mean is that essentially the fixtures in game week thirty six will become the fixtures in game week thirty seven and vice versa. This is because if if we follow the COVID roadmap out. Um, the Premier League will want fans at the ground for game week 37 and 38. Um, and because of the dates they've put in place, they might have to move 
that game week. So um, it's not going to result in a double. What it will do, though, is have a knock-on effect and mean that we will potentially have a larger double than was initially expected in game week 35, if you follow Ben Crellin. As always, he'll tell you this. However, I would I would urge anyone to play their wild card now or, or next week. The reason for this is that, look, most of the teams who may well double in game week 35, Manchester United, Chelsea, Manchester City, Leicester, um, you know, are, are teams that you're going to want to have now anyway, who have got good fixtures kind of in the run up to that period. Aston Villa, who we've already mentioned, are always going to have that double. Everton as well, um, you know, again, have got decent fixtures kind of running up to that period. So I, I think wildcarding now, obviously, that's why I've played it or next week is still the optimum time. But if you're insisting upon keeping it, if you've got a, maybe a bench boost left and you want to maximise a potential game week 35 double, then play it in game week 34. Cool. You heard the man. Do not wildcard this week. Um, that guy Morpheus, that guy Morpheus. Questions for Kylie this week. What's the OR goal for those of us above 1 million, Kylie? Um, less than 1 million. Cool. Is there a fixture swing we can take advantage of around game week 34? I would say let's come back to this question in a couple of weeks because I don't think we've looked that far, to be honest. I don't know if you have, but I definitely haven't. No. I wouldn't no. No, exactly. Uh, if Andy Cole took penalties, would he be in your FPL team? Andrew Cole. No, he wouldn't because he's like 50 years old. Seriously, Moff? True. True. Big love from your friendly local intimacy facilitator. Thank you, Morpheus. Um, uh, at FPL underscore Simon 432. Um, he says, is it time for a West Brom triple up yet uh, with a wink? <laughs> I think, Don, that, that, that question was for you. Um, should we uh, triple up on West Brom? West Brom? Um, they won't be playing Chelsea every week was my reply. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Romero Andulvu, at Romero underscore Andulvu. Uh, best Arsenal-Wolves combination for their good two fixtures coming up. Midfield, uh, good and packed. So Cody and Fabio Silva. Or Cody and Lacazette, or Holding and Lacazette, or Gabriel and Fabio Silva. I think we said Holding, and I agree that Holding at his price, especially with the Lewis injury, is a good option. What what option, if you were pressed from uh, Wolves, would you go for Cody or Sil Cody or Silva? Uh, Silva. Yeah, Fabio Ooh. Silva, the guy who scored in the last game. The long-haired, long-haired uh, young buck. Oh, he's only for the place for the last ten or twelve minutes. No. <laughs> It's Neto or Bust. I, I take. I still take. If I was, if I was forced into a Wolves defender, I'd, I'd still go Roman Saiz. I think just to kind of you know nostalgic value. But yeah, yeah, gun to your head maybe. But I mean, I, I don't think that. I, I think there are so many better options as opposed to um, those ones. Agree, agree. Uh, Jeff Holt Dilly Gav at Austin Six Six UK. What OR would you need this year to guarantee you will beat it next year? This should be interesting. To guarantee what, sorry? That you beat it next year. Oh, God. If I don't beat my <laughs> OR next season, I'm going to fucking quit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah right. Uh, serious, seriously, I would hope, based on history, that I would never have anything remotely like this season. Um, so I would hope that whatever I end up on... How do you answer the question, Mars, for someone who has a, you know... A rank that's worth discussing. Uh, you yeah. know what? If, if if I was not to beat my OR, I only hope that it's because it was really, really good. Otherwise, I hope I beat it every year. So, to be honest, it's the only thing that I would say. And, uh, yeah, I find, yeah, for me, it's uh, I always want to be, do better than the year before. So Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Amund at Nordic Magpie. Will Lingard's stat catch up with 
to him. Oh, who knows? Who cares? Stop hauling, that is. That's what he means. Wood or Vidra? So that, that's, that's a good one because I see Vidra in a lot of... Uh, suddenly Vidra is the new Messi. Uh, best short-term chief striker pun. I think it's because they're playing Newcastle. So Wood or Vidra? Uh, yeah, I think if you get... If, if you, yeah, if, you know, I mean, I'd still probably rather have Wood if money's no object. But the thing about, the thing about Vidra, it's such a, it's such a one-off it's such a one-game punt. It's Newcastle. And Newcastle do have something to play for. Burnley don't, really. They've got Man United, Wolves away, West Ham, Liverpool, you know. It's, and it's bloody Burnley. When was the last time they scored more than two goals in a match? You know, 2002? <laughs> it's just, it's such a low bar. Look, yeah, for 4.8, I agree. You know, Vija is, that's why he's being talked about. No one would be talking about him if he was six foot five, as because they're not talk, six foot five. I don't know how tall he is. He might be six foot five. But 6.5. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. He's better. <laughs> <laughs> and our last question, FPL tweets, uh, hashtag at FPL Fred, seven players to bring in if you're not wildcarding. Uh, what I would say, you need to look at somebody like Jota for Liverpool if you're not wildcarding. Yeah. Um, probably this week. Lingard if you don't have him. Maybe a Leicester striker like Inihachio because he's easy to get to from Bamford, for, for example. Um, um, and that's all we have. Back to you, Don. Nice one, Mersey. Thanks, Mill. Um, so we move on with our final section of the show, which, of course, is our captain picks and our transfer plans. Um, PJ, you're on wildcard this week, so we won't bother asking you your transfers because we'll be here all night. But um, who's likely to be your captain in game week 31? Yeah. Um, well, funny enough, I, I have I have no real idea on, on captain. Um, so just very quickly, for the simple fact that I wanted to captain a Manchester City player in the Leeds match. And I was really hoping that one of the bigger guns, uh, Mares, probably would not have started and kind of played the whole match in the midweek game. But because he kind of played all those assets that I wanted, so I'm left choosing between taking a punt on my lights of Jesus, Torres or and Sterling, the bane of my season again. Um, if I do punt on one of them, my wildcard, I certainly won't be giving them the armband. So I, I just have no idea. At this stage, I'm kind of thinking Bruno because I know he'll play and he's got a good GI, but... I think oh, it's a tough captain choice this week. I really do. I was just going to ask if you had a flashback to that time when you bought Ferran Torres earlier in the season. Yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, I've, I, I've, I'm fast coming to the conclusion that I should probably just avoid City altogether. But, you know, because Gundo is the only one who I kind of... And, but he's such a shield pick. And in my position or our position, Kylie, I don't think we've got time for shields. Indeed. No, um, the quickly actually looking at it myself, the Jota is likely to be my transfer in this week. Um, debatable who it's going to be for, though. Um, Havertz hasn't majorly impressed me since I brought him in a couple of weeks ago, but the Crystal Palace fixture looks like a decent one. But um, I do want Jota in, so it's really kind of to decide who for. And based on our discussion earlier on, I don't think Rafinha is going to be the man to make way, even though he's against Man City. But um, captain is currently on Kane because nothing really stands out. As you mentioned there, PJ, it's, it is a very, very kind of difficult looking fixture. Um, fixtures this week. Man City would be the standout one, but we can't really trust any of them to start. Um, Kylie, come to you. What's your transfers and your captain picks for 31? Yeah, so the, the two players that I really want are Ian Acho and um, Jota. And the, the Ian Acho 
sort of deciding whether I'm going to do them both this week or not, you know, to, to be decided. But I mean, Ian Archer in for Watkins is, is quite a simple decision for me. Um, the, the challenge really is Jota and I don't have Salah. So I, re- I really want to get him in. He's a nice price point, but midfield kind of as we've suggested all night is really difficult. I've got Son who, um, I want to keep certainly for 32. I've got Bruno. Um, who I also am going to keep. I've got Lingard, who's in form. I can't really justify getting rid of him. Uh, Gunduan and then Rafinha. And Rafinha has waved the flag for me this season. Like he, he's been superb. Um, PJ and I were two of very few on him quite early before uh, everyone else jumped on. And he's been like a little mascot. Um, but can I really get rid of Gunduan um, ahead of Leeds? So I, my hands are quite tied and and that's quite an emotional decision for me um, with Rafi. So I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest, down to the wire. Uh, captaincy, really difficult as well. I think Bruno is probably a safe pick, um, if an uninspired one. And I might just go quite differential this week and go for like a Ian Acho or something. Because why not? For the crack, why not? Uh, Mersey, <laughs> Mersey, what about yourself? Yeah, same two players that I'm looking at. Uh, Jota was always going to come in, but to get him, I need to downgrade uh, somewhere. A striker, Gondo, somebody. Um, so um, probably Bamford and Gondo, most likely. Uh, but if I decide to keep Gondo, then probably Rafinha. It's just I would want them back. Uh, I like Leeds. I like the way they play in their fixtures. I, I, I think um, you can still play them or bench them, whatever. Um, so... Uh, if, if yeah, so Jota and Inhacho to come in, it's just again, do I do it now or do I wait a week and do two free transfers? But I probably will do it now, to be honest. Uh, captain at the moment is on Salah, but Kane is actually another. I've, I've not been impressed with United defensively that much, to be honest. And I think um, it just depends if jo- Jose goes for it or not. That's that's the, that's the only thing that's playing in the back of my mind. If Son is fit, we see what Tottenham could do to United. He's got uh, to go for it. He's got to go for it. He's absolutely got to go for it. And. Uh, yeah, and I, and I do also think Cardi Bruno is a, is a good option. Away, uh, you know, I think Spurs are cr- absolutely crap defensively. So I no, think I people are saying it's difficult. It boring, so. People are saying it's difficult. United are playing Spurs, and Liverpool are not in form. And then uh, you know, I don't know if you can trust Chelsea with a captain. And then you've got City, who we don't know where to pick from. But actually, if you look at it, Salah is playing at home to a team that has been conceding chances. Yes, Martinez has been pulling saves, but they have been conceding chances. Uh, Kane is, is, is playing United, who also concede, and Bruno's playing Spurs. So there's three good options there, in my opinion. Yep. Um, just, I guess, not, not anyone that's majorly standing out as, as a clear, obvious one. But then no. that's, that's what we do like at times, too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, folks, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars, you can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, who you can find at the Marple Curse, and PJ, who you can find at Hindu Monkey. Make sure you're following our group account on Twitter and on Reddit at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.